On this week's episode of Watch It and Rank, we are going to talk Onward box office, the continuing effects of the coronavirus on the industry, and some fantastic four news. We'll also review Onward and just talk about the week that was in movies. Taylor, welcome back. Let's get to it, baby. Let's hit it. All right, you are back, sipping on some coffee over there. Back. You look like you had a hell of a weekend, but we took a little hiatus. A lot of stuff going on, but you're back. Uh, How are you? So much stuff going on. Just so much stuff going on. This yeah, week was wanna... insanely busy. We bought a new company in Finland. We're onboarding Ooh. one of our Korean companies. I bought a house. The in-laws were in this weekend, so it has been back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back insanity. Let's hear about the house, man. I can't wait to come down and see the new studio you set up. Going to have some movie posters on there, right? Just a recording (laughs) studio. If you don't have one, I'll be a little disappointed. Highly doubtful I'll have a full-on studio. All right, so in the guest bedroom, it will be like an office area, so that that will technically be it, yes. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the way you got to do it. I mean, nice desk with the the microphone set up, got a new computer screen, get all of that, you know, soundproof it. We'll be good, we'll be good. Exactly, yeah, (laughs) high-quality shit coming out for sure, for sure. Good, good, good. Coming out of that studio, out of that place. So, So, yeah. Where is the location of the of the place? Is it like far from where you guys are right now? No, nah, it's like five, ten minutes away from where we are right now. So it's like right in the heart of everything, it's even a little bit closer to Baltimore, but we're still like in between Baltimore and D.C., Annapolis. So. so what you're saying is when I come down, we still will be hitting up main event for some bowling and <laughs> quarter hopping games right? oh of course man of course awesome. no i'm already convincing caitlin that we need to get a uh, a pool table for the basement but she's like are you kidding me we gotta buy a couch we gotta buy all this other shit first we don't have money for that i'm like yeah in due time in right. due time nice yeah. dude well yeah we are getting an apartment we found a, a two-bedroom apartment as well so i will have a nice setup there you go for for the uh, podcast studio too in our little den area so super excited but yeah it's that time of of everybody's the leases are starting to to go and mm-hmm. people are putting houses on the market and we got in early for the apartment complex that we're doing so got a good deal very very excited nice that's good so what's the like transitioning of when you're getting out to when you're getting in are you gonna have like any overlap so- Yes, so we are starting the lease May 7th, and our current lease ends May 28th. So we've got a nice two-week grace period. Uh, We're going to take off a Friday, just get it done, all the big stuff, the furniture, and then whatever the little-by-little stuff is, we'll have that two weeks to go back and forth, which I'm very, very excited of. Because I've only ever done a move in one day, and it's been a pain in the ass. Yes, it's the freaking worst. That's like the worst thing about moving is actually moving. And it's like the excitement of getting into a new place that like gets you all jacked up and like gets you motivated for the first two hours. And then by the end, you're just like, put a bullet in my head, order some Chinese food and go to sleep. No matter what you think how long moving will take you're always like ah, 
It's only going to take four or five hours, just one or two trips of the big stuff. It takes all day. It always takes the full yeah. day. Doesn't and matter how much you prepare. Doesn't matter how much you pack. Doesn't matter. You're you're assembling your bed set to, so that you could sleep there that night. You are up all night. It is a stressful day, the worst day. That's why I hate moving, and it sucks. It just sucks. Uh, worst moving experience of my life is whenever we moved from Pittsburgh all the way to Philly, and it was when Caitlin and I moved in together for the first time when we started to live with you and Brady, yeah. and we packed all of our stuff up. We had it all ready. We thought we were like totally slick. Got a U-Haul. Went to my apartment, put all the stuff in the U-Haul. Went to her apartment, put all the stuff in the U-Haul. Drove all the way across the state for freaking six and a half hours because things are slow as hell. The worst. Unpack everything, just throw it in the new townhouse. Drive the U-Haul around the corner down those like tiny-ass Philly streets. And yes. I'm driving down the Italian market, there's some like festival going on. It's like 8 o'clock at night in this U-Haul. I've been moving and driving all day, and this woman just opens her tailgate of her truck right into the side of my U-Haul, and it just Wait, goes... what? I never told you this story. I never heard this story. Oh, my gosh. I'm driving. She just pulls out her tailgate. It opens up into the side of the U-Haul because there's, like, no room on those Philly roads, and all of a sudden, I just hear, like... <laughs> and I just oh slam on the brakes, and I get out of the car. She's, like, freaking out at me. I'm just like, listen, I don't have time for this. I just moved across the state. I'm dead. Here's a picture of my driver's license. We'll talk later. She never called me or anything. So unbelievable. Well, that that's funny because last time Karen moved, she rented the U-Haul, and after we were done, I'm driving it back right across the street, probably the same place that you took your U-Haul back to. And there's a gas station right near our old house, and I fill up. I go in to fill it up, and I cut the corner a little too too fast, and I swipe this guy's pickup truck and like wait when i say swipe it there was like you know the back of the pickup trucks it's like the the bumper it's a plastic back black little thing Uh i scratched it and it just was like a quarter of an inch scratch and he made this whole big deal (laughs) of it i'm I'm like, I don't know how this works. I don't have the insurance on the U-Haul, but I have insurance, and I never heard anything about it. So <laughs> thank God, but that was a nightmare. Moral of the story, they should not let jabronis like you and I drive these big-ass U-Hauls, especially it's in the cities. Truth. It's very, very difficult. You really got to gotta know how big they are when you're turning. Yeah. So oh, uh, That's funny. Moving worst. nightmares. We could talk about that all day, but let's get into – some of the stuff that we've been watching because it's been a while since we did this and I've been crushing through a few different things. So nice. Yeah. And it sounds like you have been too. So what do you got? So I've been watching. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Dave. Oh, uh, Hi, I'm what's Dave. it? Little Dicky uh, show on FX. Little Dicky. Dave. Oh my God. It's actually really freaking good. It's really good. It's not what you'd expect at all. You would expect it to be like super goofy and, you know, basically like his music videos, just like super like, you know, lighthearted and goofy and stuff. But he basically plays like a more dramatized version of himself where he's even more like awkward and nerdy and like lame, basically. Right. Um, and it's just his, you know, struggles or come up in the it, come up in the industry so it's like kind of autobiographical but it's That's actually like really What's nice it it's like really heartfelt i don't know you so, just kind of so feel the for the show guy. 
the show is just about him struggling to become just a white rapper. Yeah, it's basically him, his girlfriend, his his roommate. Oh my god, his roommate's actually hilarious. He's just like Is it the this... girlfriend that's in all of his videos, the music videos? No, 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 no. They actually got a legitimate actress to do this, not just some <laughs> like Instagram salute. <laughs> yeah, it's like I haven't listened to Lil Dicky in a while, but every now and again I'll throw on Earth because that song just has like the <laughs> like the catchiest beat in the world. The We, we love the Earth. Earth. Yeah. Hi, I'm a baboon. I just think that <laughs> that song is so funny. Uh, and yeah. I just think it's really catchy. So sometimes I'll throw that on. But we were obsessed with Little Dicky for a long time. Yeah, dude. He's hilarious. He's got some good shit. Definitely. I mean, he's been like, you know, kind of off the map for a little bit, grinding, trying to get this thing green Because I think he's been working on the show for a long time. Um, but now first two eps. The acting's really good. The premise is, you know, it's a normal premise. It's nothing, anything super original, but, you know. I half expected it to be animated for some reason. I don't know why I thought that, but yeah, just yeah. the way that he kind of does his music videos sometimes, he's just kind of the creative, wacky guy that I figured that that was kind of what he would be going for. Nah, you got to check it out, though. So it's all, all on Hulu because FX has a deal with Hulu now that everything goes straight from FX to Hulu the next day. Oh, no um, way. So you can watch it on Hulu with no commercials and anything. Um, like right now, the first two eps are out. It was like a double ep premiere last Wednesday. Oh, damn. I will definitely catch that because I am a Hulu subscriber, as I am to everything, it seems like. I have so many streaming services. I was going through my bills the other day and trying to cut <laughs> things out because I'm like, this is outrageous. But yeah. nice. All right, Dave, I will, I will catch that. What else? That's it, man. That's it. I told That's you. really it. It's been I got to watch that for like you know, and thirty minutes and then thirty minutes today. So that's all I've been able to watch. But okay, okay. Well, I I talked about it last week a little bit with Juice when you weren't here, but I've been we crushed Barry, finished it on Damn. HBO. The whole thing? How many seasons? It's two. Three? Two seasons. Two seasons. Eight episodes a season and only thirty minute episodes. It is so good. You would love it. It's right up your alley. It's kind of fun. It's very dark humor, funny, and just a weird show. It's about a hitman who goes to perform a hit on a guy who's in an acting class, and he goes to like scope it out and then falls in love with acting oh, and, just wants, and just wants to get out of the hitman uh, lifestyle that he's in, but he's got this really dark past uh, that comes all together and he's always fighting with it so when he has to act because he's a shitty actor because he's just all over the place but then when he gets to this dark place from his past experiences he kills it and it's created by bill Hader. he did the whole thing and it's fantastic i think you would really love it there's a couple great characters in it and i'm i'm loving it i can't wait for it to come back so that's we crush that in like a week both seasons. Damn. I mean, I, I love Bill Hader, so that's pretty pretty exciting. So yeah. what did did it just second season just finish? Yeah, I think last year their the third season will probably come out sometime in the fall. I would I would assume. But it's funny cuz like HBO to me doesn't really have good programming right now. Obviously, they've got a couple right, things curb. in development. Yeah, I never really was a big Curb guy. I've I've watched Curb episodes and I've I've always laughed, but 
it's just it's hard. HBO to me just doesn't have the content that it used to, and this was something I've heard a lot about. It won it wins a lot of awards, Emmys. Um, so we gave it a shot, and we both really liked it after we finished Jack Ryan, which also season two of Jack Ryan was pretty awesome. Was it better or worse than the first? It was very different. The first season was very much all about him and the story with Suleiman, but also kind of gave us a broad strokes of his life and the girl. And it kind of all tied together with the story. This season was just straight up the mission, and this is it. No outside stuff kind of factored in. It was more streamlined. Uh, probably lost a little bit of character development when it comes to Jack Ryan himself. Yeah. But the story was all about Venezuela having an election, and it was sort of U.S. meddling in it. And it was kind of relevant to what's going on today, it feels like. And it was good. I, I enjoyed it. J- I, Krasinski is the guy. Yeah, he's great. I love him. I mean, I, we love the first season, so. We'll probably yeah. get around to the second season at some point. Yeah, and we'll, sure. we'll we'll be talking a little bit about Krasinski here in in a little bit. So that's I guess that's really it. We watched Alita: Battle Angel again last again? night. Again, first uh, first time I've seen it since we did in theaters because it's on HBO now. I can't recommend Alita: Battle Angel more than I already have. It is so freaking awesome. And it sets up this world that I haven't seen it be set up in movies in so long that I need a sequel to this movie. Oh, so, my gosh. So freaking bad. It's one of those movies that ends on not a cliffhanger, but as a pure setup for what is to come. And if they don't give it to us, it, it sucks because Disney now owns them. I don't know that we're ever going to get it because it wasn't a huge box office hit, but it wasn't a flop by any means. And you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, it's a 60, but the audience score is a 92. So it's kind of gaining this cult following. And it's you should watch it, man. It's kick-ass. It's not out-of-control kick-ass bonkers action. It's all set up real in this world, but it's like a sci-fi cyborg-ridden world. It's good. It's I just, really good. I can't take those eyeballs seriously. I'm sorry. You don't even – it's it's more so you are amazed by how real she looks in certain scenes. It's kind of unbelievable. The the vo- the motion capture acting of Rosa Salazar in that in that movie is really, really good work. Yeah. Well, it's I basically just, just like it. her face and they put like a Snapchat filter on you that makes you look like a freaking googly-eyed fool. That's pretty much what it is. I think you would actually really like it. I I, I bet Caitlin would too, because there's a nice romance storyline in there. So that's how I'm gonna get you to watch it. I'll tell Caitlin there's a romance storyline in there, and maybe you guys will watch it. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, let's get out of let's get out of what you're watching and segue into movie news. couple stories kind of a slow news week but let's talk about the big one first which is on word now we're going to review it later on you did not have a chance to see it so we're going to bring in juice a good friend of the show to review with me uh later on but let's talk about these projections i think it ended up scoring 40 million opening weekend 
wah, which wah, is wah, wah. kind of right on the number of what the projections were. Recent it ended projections. Up, yeah, recent projections. It ended up with like an 85 on Rotten Tomatoes. I saw it. I loved it. I think that the reason why it didn't make any money is because of the coronavirus. Yeah, Nobody wants sure. to go out to the theaters. I think that's what it was. Absolutely. I mean, the box office was down across the board. Everybody's panicking, you know. Clearly, that has everything to do with everything because – they didn't even release Bond. South by Southwest is canceled. It's a pandemonium in the streets. For real. I think had coronavirus not been too much of a factor, I think we would have been looking at $55 million maybe, which isn't too bad. That's still way up. below what we were talking about when we started bringing this up a few weeks ago. We were talking like it, 70 it was. 80 Yeah, it was. I know. And I don't know why, because I think after seeing it, it could be misleading in some of the marketing. I know you had a lot of fears about what the movie would be with, yeah. you know, Weekend at Bernie's. But after seeing it, it's not goofy. It's not uh, silly with the dad and the gimmick of him being not there. <laughs> it's actually – I'm serious. It's actually – kind of a fun adventure film there's a lot of tense scenes as they go on this quest of magic and wonder to you know obviously fulfill their their goal but in the whole you know quest and everything there's such a deeper meaning there between these these two brothers that it kind of i mean we cried our eyes out the emotional hits the emotional hits hit hard yeah, you were just yeah. so much nostalgia bringing you back to Weekend of Bernie's that you just had that twinkle It's in not your about eye. the dad. It's not <laughs> about the dad. That is what hits you. It's really, really good. I I won't really, encourage too really much really on it because you're going to review it here in a second. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a little bit of, of minor qualms with it, but that's I, I just feel like the coronavirus is going to kill the industry for a good long while, unfortunately. Do you, th- do you think that – we're going to see any more delays in movies with with similar to Bond? Um, I mean, it all depends, dude. Nobody can predict this thing. It's really all going to, you know. The next few weeks, I feel like, are going to be very telling if we can get this thing under control or not. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go into the next story, which is kind of just the effects of coronavirus. We touched on it a little bit just there, but James Bond is – now being pushed back to November, and they're not only citing coronavirus for it. Wait, November? Also, yeah, dude, it's already—it's going all the way back to November twenty-fifth. What the hell? Wasn't it they're supposed to come out like April twelfth? Jesus. I think they're also saying they're going to lose about fifty million on it because yeah. of this push, but they're citing more of a uh, strategy-based reason as opposed to the coronavirus but i don't know uh, there's no no talks that black widow will move in may or mulan's gonna move in march but i don't know man you got mission impossible delayed filming because of it so it's yeah, true it's just gonna be something that kind of lingers for a little bit and i don't know how bad it's gonna be but I hope we're not getting any delays, and I hope that these box office numbers get a little better because that lends to sequels. 
Yeah, I mean, MGM has to be a little bit more cautious than everybody else because clearly they're up for sale right now. They're not, like, strapped with cash, so they rely on these big tentpole films like Bond to keep them alive, so they can't afford a flop like that. So $50 million, they'll be able to write that off to future investors saying, you know, $50 million downturn due to coronavirus impacts, and they won't blink an eye when they go for it, to look at it for a purchase price. But, you know, they want to show this thing at full force and what can actually do and kind of the heart of, you know, capturing everybody in the office. So it, It's funny because I was just thinking of what is coming out in November now that they pushed Bond back and what kind of competition it's going to have. And my immediate thought went to Dune, which I just looked. It's not until December 18th, so it's got a cushion there. But imagine that the Bond fans and the bond movie takes a little bit of that money away from dune no no way that's a whole month yeah i know it's not going to be an issue but yeah that holiday season now is going to be a little more crowded a little bit more nah, i'm not worried about dune it's going to make more than your animated weekend at bernie's so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep hounding dune for its box office hall that's hounding funny. It's going to make yeah. like 500 mil opening weekend. That's way too early projections, for <laughs> Dune, but I'm going to go with like 55. Okay, whatever. Let's. This is the meaty story now because I want to talk about this because we're both, as we said earlier, Krasinski guys. Yep. A Quiet Place 2 first reactions are saying that it is tense masterpiece. One – I'm going to go see this movie in theaters. Good. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to need someone there to hold my hand, but I'm going to do it because I really did love the first one so much, and I'm going to go see this one. But more importantly, because this movie is so good and because John Krasinski has been kind of linked to Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four for so long, we're now getting questions directly to him about it, and he's kind of just saying – I'd love to do it. I want to be Reed Richards, and I want to direct the movie. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, people are basically saying, hey, do you want like a $100 million payday? He's like, yeah, I'll take a $100 million payday, right? Not that he's not invested in the property, but you know, obviously he's like clearly A-list superstar and the eye of everybody now, especially with – Jack Ryan, he's got the streaming game going on. He's got the actual box office game going on with right. Quiet Place Two. He's shown his, you know, director chat or you know chops not only with the first one but now the second one, which is getting good reviews. So he's gonna have a lot of power to you know break into the last frontier for cash for these guys, which is the uh, Disney teat. Well, it's funny that I don't know if you knew this, but he was almost Captain America. He was screen testing in the costume and everything so he's already been linked to the marvel cinematic universe a little bit and i think he's one of those guys that hasn't him and emily blunt also so yeah you have him potentially being reed richards and his actual wife would be perfect casting for stu uh for sue storm too their chemistry would be amazing. Yeah. And it would need to have if he gets cast, she would need right. to be so cast too. I think that this is my personal opinion, is that Fox just was acquired by Disney last year 
the first Comic Con that happened was the announcement of the Phase Four slate and whatnot, and obviously no plans for X Men or Fantastic Four. But I think that this is already a done deal. I think that Kevin Feige has already locked this in, that Emily Blunt is going to play Sue Storm, Krasinski is going to be Reed Richards, and now that we have a great reaction to his second directorial uh, movie in Quiet Place 2, that he is going to direct a movie, I think it's a done deal. But we can't announce it yet because we don't want to look too far ahead. But I think it's locked. We will get an announcement, whether it's at Comic-Con or D23. It's done. Happening. Sayonara. All right, we'll see. We will see. And I hope it will be amazing. I, think I hope it, it does too. Amazing. They just need to go all in because they, you know, obviously Fantastic Four and X Men were like these very defined properties beforehand. So now they're kind of like, nope. All right, we might as well just take them both on at the same time. And how do we differentiate what's already been done? It's it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see it, especially now that Henry Cavill rumored in the role of Wolverine something I want to see as well that would be sick I don't know get somebody else Cavill Cavill Superman you can't have him be Wolverine too he ain't gonna be Superman for long no chance he plays Superman again alright we'll see I'll stand by it okay well since you didn't see Onward we are sadly gonna say goodbye to you but segue into our Movie review by Taylor. We'll see you next week, buddy. See Peace. Serpentine. Do you hear something? What is that? It's just Bernie. Weekend at Bernie's. Are we doing it again today? Oh, absolutely. You know we are. Great. We'll see you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, ladies. We'll see you later. <laughs> All right, and here we are. I am welcoming on good friend of the show, Juice. What's going on, man? We are here to talk about Onward. What's going on, dude? How's it going? Not too bad. You uh, survived the weekend, went to go see the movie with all of the coronavirus victims, I'm, I'm guessing. Yes, exactly. There were not that many people in the movie, so hopefully corona was not spreading at the Lowe's Theater I went to. When I pulled up, there was probably like eight cars in the parking lot. That's it. Yeah, we got there, and there were two people in the theater, and then as the movie was getting ready to start, like three different families piled in. So there ended up being about 25 people, and that kind of speaks to what the box office was. I mean, it was only $40 million, which Taylor and I touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, a low number, but I guess to be expected with what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, I know. I was thinking it was going to be at like $42 million, so I was close. And it did like only, I think the highest day it did was like $16 million on Saturday, which would be expected to be its highest day. But otherwise, definitely did under what was expected. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So, all right, let's just jump right into this thing. I want to, I want to, we won't go spoilers. This is going to be non-spoiler talk, but let's jump into this thing from a story perspective. I think that based off of the trailers, based off of what I thought I was getting myself into, especially with the marketing, this movie was 
a little bit different. It was not what I was really expecting. Uh, the story is, as as it goes, the uh, younger brother of this this duo, we'll say, turns 16, and on his 16th birthday, his mom gives him a wand from his father, who passed away before he was even born, so he's never met him. They cast a spell to bring him back for a full day, and in doing so, only half of his body comes back, and so we kind of have a Weekend at Bernie's situation where they go on this magical quest to try and bring their father back for 24 hours. But in doing so, there's so much heart to this movie. D- don't you think? Oh, yeah. There really is so much heart to this film. Like, it was definitely an emotional roller coaster. And, like, I felt everything that the characters felt. Love Tom Holland as, uh, I think his name is Ian. Yeah, Ian. Yeah, I I gotta say, Tom Holland, great. I mean, the voice cast, all in all, we'll talk about that in execution. But the, the Chris Pratt still stole the show for me. But anyway, the the story that I, the thing that I loved about this movie was that it didn't go for too many stupid gags and laughs, and really kind of let the story of this these two brothers. Just take the center place, and it was like this nice little adventure movie, kind of like an Indiana Jones at times, where they're going through these tombs, these crypts, they're going on this quest, and it had a lot of adventure and wonder to it, and also some tense like moments. I I, I found it very very different from most pixel or Pixar movies in that it it kind of had a lot more of like just an adventure action kind of feel to it. Yeah, I got the like Lord of the Rings quest type of movie, but definitely centralized around the two brothers. And like you got most of the interaction from just both of them and the dad's legs, except when you like veer off to the cop and then the man of gold and the mom together, which we'll talk about later. I love them interacting as well. But yeah, getting a nice family story during like this time and it was like wholesome and wholehearted. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and the payoff at the very end of the story and at the very end of the movie was was fantastic. Like it was so well earned that I I mean it left me bawling. I was crying. I, I, I was with Karen and I like was like feel like standing or sitting next to her and all of a sudden I just felt her like like just crying. She was sobbing. The both of us were sobbing because it was so well executed. And I loved the little side stories that they had with the mom and the what, the manticore, the mom and the manticore, like the, the sidelines, everybody coming together. It, it just hit. It hit so well. And I was so happy about it. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, Like you said, the mom and the manticore were great. And the payoff was yeah, great at the end. Like being in a theater because this coronavirus thing with only 25 people, usually you can feel that in the theater from everyone else around you at that moment, you feel like the same emotions or you feel how other moviegoers are feeling. But being in there with 25 people, I was sitting in a row completely in the IMAX theater all alone. Like the next closest person sitting to me might have been like six, seven rows away. So like when I got emotional, I felt it, but you couldn't feel how like you feel the entire theater really gives the emotion. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like if you had everybody in there, you would have been 
all sobbing together because it was just so it was so good. I, I was I was loving this thing. I was eating it up from start to finish. So let's go segue now into the execution. Um I don't know. I think it was Dan Scanlon who ended up directing this movie. But from an execution, the you touched on it earlier. Voice acting across the board was fantastic. Holland was great, but Pratt, Pratt stole the show for me. And the best part about Holland and Pratt is that we've seen these guys on screen together in the Marvel movies. That that chemistry just flew right into this. You could you could feel it from the get go. Yeah. Definitely. And like you said, they've been on screen together so you can feel how they work together so easily. I can imagine them just both in the voice room doing this movie and it just being so easy, them joking around, laughing together and it not really being like a job or like you're really out there acting and how you have to display that in Marvel movies. This must have just been so easy. But who stole it for me was Octavia Spencer as the manicor. She was great. And oh, yeah. she was hilarious. Yeah. The Manticore, that whole scene where she was there the first time with the with the the inn and it was like this family friendly diner and then it just strips into this crazy dark dungeon after she goes wild. I mean, it was so funny. I loved every I loved every scene. I don't really have too many negatives with this movie. I, I just can't think of any. Yeah, there was no time where I felt like they were wasting screen time. Like every scene meant something. Every scene had a laugh or was funny or had some suspense. Like it wasn't just a waste. So many great callbacks to earlier scenes in the movie with whether it's the spells or just Tom Holland's character, Ian, finding himself. I mean, that was the theme throughout was him becoming more confident and becoming a, 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 a guy, a, a grown-up in the process and just being who he was and not being afraid of the world around him. So the thematic elements were just executed so well and they weren't I mean, they weren't thrown in your face. You had to maybe think about it a little bit, but that just speaks like I... I wasn't thinking about anything. Like you said, there wasn't any lingering moments where I was like, oh, this is taking forever or the the length was too long. It just was super concise, funny. There were a lot of funny moments. My, Karen and I said our favorite moment was when he shrinks down uh, Chris Pratt's character, yeah. Barley, and then, then they're driving on the highway and he's like, you'll never be ready. Merch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was a great scene. And then him. With the uh, pixies in the in the gas station was another oh, great yeah. scene when he's like telling them off about how they could fly back in the day and how they're not using their proper magic. Like that character was yeah. so great. It was like he was the older brother, but he still had that kid element inside of him, which I love so much. Yeah, and the again the thematic elements and the way the story was just told it was a movie for everybody and it was on my in my opinion so well executed the animation was great and again to taylor's worries and obviously he's not here to talk about it this movie didn't come off goofy at all the the legs of the father was not a distraction because the essence of the movie wasn't about that 
and we're not going to spoil that for like why, but the move obviously the whole mission is for him for them to bring him back so that Tom Holland's character can meet him for the first time, but there's so much more deeper stuff going on in this movie that it's just so well done. I give credit to everybody involved. I totally agree with that. The writing was great. Directing, like you said, the animation was so good. Just like the different magic elements and when he cast spells, just how that looked on screen looked absolutely incredible. I was blown away. Yeah, and also just the world building that they did that little monologue in the very beginning kind of, you know, the world used to be filled with magic. And then throughout the movie, these different characters, you mentioned the pixies, everybody's rediscovering the magic again. And we're not just going through our days like we are used to. And again, that's just the world they, they set up and they went through and they just landed it, landed it so well for me. Yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie to absolutely anyone, like family members, like grownups, bring your kids, like you can go see it as an older person and enjoy it just as much as someone who is 10 years old or eight years old would enjoy it. You would obviously get different messages from it, but it hits for all age groups. Couldn't agree more. And now we'll go right into the feel. As with every Pixar movie, you're expecting this gut punch of emotions because they do it so well that Pixar is so good at blending kid-friendly stuff with the adult humor and then delivering a message that is so either relevant or just inspiring to what's going on and this movie is no different like I said earlier it had me in tears it was so 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 emotionally and it wasn't a sad it wasn't a a, like a sadness it was like a happy feeling almost in a way but it it had me ranging all the emotions right yeah i totally agree and like with me like losing my father a couple years ago you could definitely feel that emotion and it hits home like you said for older people who have like lost family members even for younger people who have lost family members that emotion sure. at the end and you feeling that like it really tears at your heartstrings. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, damn, I, I, I just had that that scene of Barley and Ian in the car, man. Merch! It's just so funny to me. But the <laughs> the brothers, man, like the brothers. It, it's I, I don't have a brother. I wish I, I, I did. I have a, a great sister. She's been amazing my whole life yeah, but same here that the brother connection the sibling connection in this movie i'm sure that there are so many people that will see this and resonate with what is going on between the two of them and, and even the mother this the single mother and and she's got a new boyfriend i mean there's just so many layers to this thing in family and and stuff that happens in the real world that it's just so relevant and again pixar nails the emotional feel because I don't know about you. Did you see Toy Story 4? I think that was the last Pixar I did not, Toy Story 4. I did not see Toy Story 4 yet. I've heard things about it, but I have not seen it personally myself. See, see, Toy Story 4 for me just didn't work. It felt incomplete. It didn't feel completely earned. It was super telegraphed of what was going to happen. 
and just kind of seemed like a let's make another one for the sake of making another one. Whereas this was the first Pixar movie, I think, maybe since Coco. I mean, Incredibles 2 is great as well, but maybe since Coco that was original to me and felt like a new property. Like I don't know I don't know that I need them to make a second one, but there is so much to expand on with this movie. Yeah, and with this entire world like you said they built it up so well, so they definitely could make a second one. I just don't know how well it would pay off like this as a standalone movie. I could be totally fine with that. I think that to be honest, had this come out and made a ton of money, it might have gotten a sequel, but because of the coronavirus, it might just be able to sit on its own as I think it really should because, I, again, Cars, great. Cars 2, stinker. So not all these Pixar movies really do need sequels. I like that they have just keep going with original ideas. We got another one coming out, Soul, I think in June. Have you seen the trailer for Soul? Yes, I have. I think that'll be good as well. I, I do too, but I don't know that I'm I'm going to love it as much as this. This just had that wonder. It had that adventure. Like I said, I, I felt like Indiana Jones cartoon, like an Indiana Jones cartoon in some of these scenes. It was so cool. I totally agree. I'm always down for an adventure film. Like adventure and like heist films are my two go-to like action and films like that. So I definitely love the adventure aspect to it. I love Harry Potter, so... As soon as you bring in magic to it, it just was amazing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so now let's score this thing. Um, this is going to be your first score. Taylor and I have done, I think, six movies for uh, this year. And this is going to be tough because this is like one of the only movies that's actually a 2020 movie. Most of the stuff that we've been doing was 2019 stuff for Oscars because the box office was so bad, but I'm coming in here at like an 8.7. I, as I've said it before, I love a good animated film. And when you put all of the right eggs in the basket, you're going to, you're going to get it all from me. So eight point, what'd I say? 8.7, 8.7 onward. That's my score. I would recommend this to anybody. If you like what Pixar is doing, you're going to love this. And I'm literally right with you. I'm at a 8.5 for this movie. Like I said, it was okay. absolutely incredible. And I would recommend it to anyone. If you like animated anything, it doesn't have to be Pixar. But if you like animated films, I would definitely recommend this for you, your family, or anyone you want to go see this with. Right on, right on. Okay, so there you have it. Juice and Brian, not Taylor, because, you know, I think we're, we're pushing Taylor out. We're going to – he's just going to be the news guy. You might be my new review dude. <laughs> but 8.5 for Juice, 8.7 for Brian. That is a watch it and rank score. Juice, thank you so much for joining me for this. Anytime. I definitely want to come back soon. Yes, yes. We will have you back uh, maybe for a full episode. Do a little co-hosting with us. We'll get your insight on some news stories and maybe play one of our segment games. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you next time. See you next time. Peace.